The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? It's From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our PC. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like our show, I encourage you to follow us on Apple Podcasts. It is the podcast. Have I said podcast enough? It is the podcast where we tell the stories of your city through the voices of your city. By the way, if you want your own podcast, go to pod617.com to get started. You can be the next big podcast star. I have a guy in studio today. He's not a podcast star, but he's a star. Damn right, he's a star. He's he. I guess at this point we can say you're a friend of the show because this is a repeat uh, return to you for the studio. It's Paul Medeiros. He is the president and CEO of Easter Seals, Massachusetts, and he's here live and in person. How are you, my friend? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Star in my own mind. Yeah, well, that's one place. You, you have to be a star in your own mind. It starts from there. But so, first of all, it's cool that you're back here. It's great to see you. We've known each other for now, oh, God, I don't know. It's, it's probably been four years, something like that. Three, yeah, three years, four years, something like that. And I note that you're here in person, which is wonderful. Just curious. You know, you you're in, you're in meeting. You're meeting people all day. You're fundraising. You're running the organization. You're working on projects. How much of life is back to in-person and how much is still Zoomapalooza? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot of Zoom. It's still a lot of Zoom. I think people are comfortable. They're working from home, so they're meeting from home. I'm trying to get back out there more, so it's it's really about who's comfortable meeting up in person. But I'd, I'd say it's more than it, than it was, certainly, but nowhere near where we were pre-pandemic. Yeah, it's still a little weird, right? Like, I, I think I still, I have a networking event next week. Shout out to the Blue Hill Business Group. All right, I, I need to tell our listeners now what I just told Paul. I got no freaking sleep last night. I am tired. I am a step behind. So, Paul, when I pass out, you might have to just take over. You really could be the next big podcast star. You know, you're a heartbeat away right now. So, right, it, it's, I mentioned that networking event just because, that will be one where certain caution is thrown into certain winds and we just have a cocktail party. And like, I'm cool with that at this point, but I feel like I'm not getting invited. Maybe people just don't like me anymore, but I feel, <laughs> I feel like uh, there aren't a lot of uh, big banquet hall things still. Is that, you find that or? I do. Yeah. I do a lot, a lot of even, yeah, tele, you know, Zoom events online right. and things like that, I think. And this, this might be an unpopular opinion, but what, what I have found is when you meet with people, they all feel happy that they saw you in person. They feel good about yep. it. Same with work. This is the unpopular piece. When people come into the office, they didn't want to come, but then they say, oh, it's great to see everybody. This was nice. I, I feel good about it. So I do wonder, you know, as people start coming back to the office more and even on a hybrid schedule, will they say, oh, I actually like being in the office. I kind of forgot about that. So you're saying you, you might be unpopular there because... Some people still want to stay at home or have decided, hey, I can do my job from home. I mean, we, we just found out, right? That right. Kind of thing. Well, I know it's a controversial topic right now where some of the big corporations <laughs> yeah. are having people come back to the office. People are com not too happy about it. But I do, like I said, I think 
people people miss that camaraderie and but we'll see we'll see does my cousin jenny still work for you <laughs> she actually just got a, a great new job oh. but we we still always, love her i'm always the last to find out uh, i know we, jenny we, call me we, we, um, we still love her so okay, okay. well i appreciate that the, re- <laughs> the only reason i brought that up is because she always raved about the the culture at easter seals and so i would think that it would be important how many how many people work for your operation uh, about 225, 250. Yeah. I didn't realize. And there has always been a wonderful culture about Easter Seals. By the way, for those that don't know what Easter Seals does, we don't have time to get into that. Why would we talk <laughs> about that? No, I'm just kidding, of course. So, I mean, I got it. Easter Seals does a lot of things. I got involved because of the great programs and services that it offers for people with challenges and both physical and mental challenges. And uh, Easter Seals. We send people to EasterSealsMA.com? Yeah. For the, like the, the big one. Right. Yeah. EasterSealsMA.org.com. They both work, believe okay. it or not. But yeah, EasterSealsMA.org. Yeah. Okay. And I guess what I'm getting at is people that work for Easter Seals, I think in general, to stereotype, have big hearts. And I would think it would be important that that to some degree people come back to the office and see each other in person for that reason. Is that... Am I, I onto something there? I agree. I think, okay. you know, most of the people who work for nonprofits in general, and especially we're just so, I'm biased maybe, but mm-hmm. we're so client focused. You know, we're so focused on the people we're serving that when you're there with other people and you see what everyone's accomplishing and you see all the great things we're doing, I think it does. It's uplifting and it's easy to get separated from that if you're just in front of a computer screen. We uh, are going to talk about some of the cool events that Easter Seals Massachusetts has going on, including one going on at Polar Park in Worcester, where Easter Seals had already had an event. And I'm ashamed to say I still haven't been to the stadium, and uh, Paul tells me it's very cool. Before we get there, l- let me just ask you, so how long have you been on the job now as president? I've been on this for about six years now, almost okay. seven. Okay. Yeah. And give us, and has your soul been crushed and do you need to retire tomorrow? I mean, six, <laughs> six years seems like a long time. Six years was the amount of time I was the moderator for the town of Sharon. And that meant moderating like two meetings per year. And even I got burnt out. No, but tell, just do a little bit of reflection on the last six years. And if you could pick up, how has it been what you expected? And what were maybe a couple of the moments that, that really said to you, where you said to yourself, this is what it's all about. This is why I did it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, sorry for asking multiple questions, but again, lack of sleep. Yeah, I, I mean, nobody expected COVID, right? Okay. So that certainly wasn't what I expected in that regard. And, you know, I have a clinical background. I have a, a therapy background, so I can admit this now. I've already got the job. I, I didn't really know what to expect, you, didn't. Okay. you know, yeah. being um, the leader of the, the whole organization. I didn't come with a business background or something like that. I mm. came from a clinical background. So I think some of that ignorance, if you will, yeah. Yeah, yeah. helped me to approach the job with an open mind and, you know, really just from a place of providing good service, keeping that mission alive. I've had such amazing mentors, you know, both at work and with the board and things like that. So were you a not, were you, would you say an unconventional choice for the job? Probably. Yeah, probably. Okay. Because I like it when organizations make unconventional choices because I I usually think like if I were, you know, the head of some giant corporation and needed to hire someone to really run the operations or maybe I'm retiring or whatever, I think the first thing I would think of is what what is this person really like at their core? And are they in this for the right reasons? You know, I think that would come way before. Oh, well, look, he's got experience at, you know, these these, Merrill Lynch and, 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 and Goldman Sachs and he must be good. And so. 
I think experience is slightly overrated. I mean, it depends on the job, I guess, right? But w- for a job like yours, I would imagine it involves so many different things that you just need someone who's not going to lose their mind. <laughs> right, right. And since you come from a clinical you experience, maybe that's why. Oh, you might be right. I mean, a, a lot of this job is, you know, just being supportive of, of the great team. That's the other thing. I was fortunate to come into a an organization that was really strong already. So it's not like I was trying to do some turnaround. Maybe then you do need that experienced person. But I had such a have such a strong team in place and such good therapists and specialists in, in all areas that, you know, a lot of my job is just helping them and supporting them and what they need to do. So uh, maybe you're right. Maybe that clinical background is what we needed at that time. Sure. So now for part two of the question, give us a moment or two. That has been, I'll change the question a little bit. <laughs> what has been your favorite moment or moments uh, at the helm of Easter Seals Mass? Right. So, I, I, I mean, one thing I'll say is I, I love change. That's one of the things that I've been with Easter Seals almost 20 years. And as a therapist, I love the change that I could work in different settings and things like that. So my most exciting moments are often when we started new programs, like when we started our veterans program or we started our college nav- navigator program or even our, our martial arts program. And not just starting them, but seeing them thrive and survive, because a lot of times we have these ideas and we launch them and I say, how is this going to work? Is it going to work? So then seeing them a couple of years later, how they've gotten larger and they're building up speed and traction and, and people are really excited. And we're having the outcomes we thought we would. That's exciting mm-hmm. for me. It keeps me really motivated and, and wanting to push those things forward. Is there a, I should know this because of my involvement with Easter Seals, but I'm an idiot sometimes. Is there, is there like a mission statement that allows you, that restricts you for starting different programs because when you tick off that list of different things that you do, you help veterans, you help people with challenges who are in college, you help people with, I know with physical problems. Are you allowed to do like anything you want to do as long as it's good? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, well, you know, our board obviously keeps me in, in check a little bit there, but I mean, our mission is so broad, you know, to, to provide services, to ensure children and adults with disabilities, have equal opportunities to live, learn, work, and play. So we have That's left it. ourselves a wide runway. We can work with all ages, all types of disability. And, you know, that that means a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and, so. I mean, I take it the, the uh, like military, military and veteran, for me, that's sort of a creative arm because, yes, they have challenges. They have depression, PTSD, and sometimes, of course, physical problems as well. But I don't think people necessarily, well, that's why you're on the show. You're telling people everything you do. So massveteran.com is actually the website that you shrewdly scooped up. And just, just tell us, is that where people should go if they're veterans? If what, if they want to support veterans, tell us about that. For sure. So massveteran.com is kind of where we house a lot of our veteran services. And, and that program, you know, just like our philosophy with our disability services, that program is run by veterans as well. You know, our disability services, we like to have a lot of input from the disability community. Same with the veteran services. So that group is really about making sure veterans have access to the resources they need and and also each other. So they do a lot of community events, you know, social groups, supporting each other. Because, you know, what we've found, and I'm not a veteran, so what I've found learning working with this group is that they don't want to hear from me. They really want to work with each other and, and build that trust up. I mean, you can't just hammer people over the head with resources. It's a lot of getting to know each other. And then once that trust is there, you know, the group has been great working together to 
make sure everyone has access to resources. But like you said, disability and what disability means, it's not just someone in a wheelchair. Yeah. You know, it's it's disability can mean a lot of different things to different people. And, and especially now that that definition is evolving all the For time. sure. Yeah. And I, I think in the world of mental health, I mean, I'm no expert on the subject. I do have a child with autism. I mean, he clearly has a, a challenge, but now the definition of mental health problems, appropriately so. I think, you know, it's, it's you know, pe- kids that in the past were depressed, clinically depressed, you know, might have been labeled as just, uh, you know, oh, he's just kind of a sad kid. You know, right. you know, kids, yep. kids with, oh, we all know kids with Asperger's were just, they're a little off, you know? And so with every passing year, we can understand more of these things, which is a good thing. Tell us about the College Navigator program. Sure. College Navigator is another one of our, our newer programs that's just taken off over the last few years. And it really was, was again, born from seeing a gap in the community um, where we saw all these really, really smart kids with disabilities, graduating college with great grades and, uh, I'm sorry, graduating high school with great grades, going off into college and dropping out. And these were these were students who obviously were intelligent enough, but for some reason they weren't succeeding. So the theory was that they weren't getting that support anymore. You know, they had the IEP team, they had accommodations in place, and then you go to college and you always hear about that cliff. So what College Navigator is, is we provide a, a navigator to the college student, usually only for a couple, two, three, four hours a week. And they're there to support them and help them basically get integrated into college life. So again, very person-centered. So each person's goals can be very individualized, but it could be teaching them how to advocate for themselves for resources. It could be connecting them with the disability services at the college. It could be helping them work with their professor for different accommodations. It even could be socially. You know, a lot of a lot of people feel isolated when they go to college if they have a disability and then they drop out because they feel they have no friends or they feel just alone. So we even have people who work with with students on, you know, if you have Asperger's, mm-hmm. here's some appropriate ways to approach a group or things like that. Really, yeah. again, it can be anything that the student needs to feel comfortable. So then they can put that brain to work. People think, are you tutoring? No, they're smarter than us. We're not tutoring them. We're just helping them have access so they can put those brains to work and, you know, graduate and be successful. Now, remind me, you have kids. I do. I have three. Three. And anybody in college yet? No, no, no. They're still, oldest is 12. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. But underachiever, 12. I mean, come on, (laughs) get get with the program here. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm just kidding. I, I just, what you said just reminded me that, you know, college even for someone like me, like I remember I, w- I was a fairly social person. I had been a summer camp kid, so I was used to, you know, at least making my own bed now and again or whatever. <laughs> but when I went to college, I remember there was it was the first time I'd ever been homesick in my life, and it, it can be daunting. So for most typical kids, it's it's an adjustment. And mainly it's not, that I, I would think, not the academics. The academics would probably be the least of their problems. It's it's fitting in. It's finding your posse and your crew. I have a son, my son Griffin, who's a sophomore at the UMass Honors College. I presumed he was never going to have a problem fitting in because he's just um, a pretty laid back kid and he's just a nice boy, you know. And anyway, and it so happened he, not only did he find his posse, but sort of in an unusual way, he plays ultimate frisbee. And so he's on 
these. Have I talked about this on every episode of the podcast? Maybe not. <laughs> Let's go into a little bit more depth about Griffin's ultimate uh, frisbee career. He so the the. I don't know how much you know about the sport. It's of growing popularity, and UMass is ranked like eighth in the nation. And Griffin made the team, and so I'm very proud of him. But he, you know, he's he's the kind of kid who's gotten all A's in the past, and he had made plenty of friends. But then he tells me he's so happy about this team, and now meanwhile, he's like the smart kid, and the rest of these kids, they're very nice. They're very nice. They're they're not all in the honors college like Griff. That sounds terrible. That sounds like a terrible thing to say. But they're just, he just loves them. And so I think it's cool. And that was a long way of saying, and maybe a little tortured way of saying, but, you know, finding your crew. I mean, do you remember what it was like when you, where'd you go undergrad? I went to Quinnipiac in Connecticut. Okay. Do you remember what it was like kind of finding your way? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, we, we were kind of crammed. I had four roommates, believe it or not, as a freshman oh, in one room, not much bigger than we're in right now. Oh, <laughs> I mean, God. it was obviously a little bigger, but there were four of us. What did that l- smell like? Five of us. I mean, <laughs> oh, it was bad. It was bad. And there was, a, you know, they always say freshman year of college, there was definitely some turnover. But yeah, no, you're all thrown together. You got to figure things out. And it's overwhelming. And, and what you said is very, whenever I tell people about College Navigator, the first thing people inevitably say is, Either I or my son or daughter doesn't have a disability, but they could have used this. Yeah. They could have used this, you know, and when you add a disability, whether it's physical or or autism or or mental health, it's just one more thing that you're trying to figure out while you're trying to figure out all these other things in this new place. So we've had people who only get one hour a week, you know, all the way up to full time 35, 40 hour a week, which is unusual. Usually it's really short hours, but the fact of the matter is, rather than 60% of kids with disabilities dropping out, our College Navigator students are over 95% not dropping out, which just, to it's me, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's the easiest stat to just say the program works, and it's, it's, it's just great, because then they're going to get a better job, they're going to be more independent when they get out of college. I think it's a real need, because there are very few colleges that are set up specifically to accommodate people who have... A, cha- a social challenge or a, you know a mental challenge, and I remember visiting one. They're gonna hate me because now I forgot what college it was. But anyway, they, <laughs> but they actually they it. actually had no no no. It was, it, uh, yeah, anyway, it, it was I think it was in Connecticut. Anyway, like they had they were known for this, and they have a dorm that that is specifically set up with people trained to help them with their you know these these are kids that are that are the prototypical one is like I say very smart but probably lacking or as a challenge in social skills. And so, you know, that kid, you know, who knows if he knows to, you know, put on a bathrobe before he walks down the hall to take a shower. I mean, that's a silly example, but, but so good on you for that. So tell me about, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to play, we're going to continue this nonsensical Dave lack of sleep podcast (laughs) in a moment with towards the end of the show, we're going to do an uh, edition of good stuff where Paul and I will both recommend something good for you guys to check out before that. I want to talk about upcoming Easter seals events. So what do you want? Which one do you want to talk about first, Paul? Um, sure. We can talk about the empowerment celebration comes up in June. Mm -hmm. So sure. So the empowerment celebration is our, our largest, uh, fundraiser of the year. Historically, it's been a gala. But believe it or not, we haven't done it for three years because of COVID. So this year we're mixing it up a little bit. It's going to be on June 25th at Wachusett Mountain. We're having a lunch uh, where we'll do our typical kind of awards. And then we're going to be going outside and we're going to have a band. We're going to have uh, marshmallows and s'mores and things like that. So we're trying to mix it up a little, make it more fun and 
being outside, maybe it'll be a little more COVID proof um, For sure. than yeah. some of our, our past events. But this is our big signature event. We're awarding some really great people this year. We're Comcast NBC Universals getting our Team Hoyt Award. Senate President Spilka is getting our our empowerment award for all the work she's done for the disability community. And then Oz Mondahar, who worked with the partner system for years, getting the Equal Opportunities to Work award. So he's been such a great advocate for people with disabilities being employed. So mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a power lineup. Our first time in three years having the event, it's gonna be a ton of fun. Excellent. And if people want more information on that and details. Yep. Uh, you can either go to the website site and then get involved, or there is actually a, a direct route. You can go to celebrate.easterseelsma.org. Cool. If you didn't pick that up and write it down, don't worry. It'll be in the show notes of this podcast. So just uh, swipe up. You'll see all the notes and click right through Mitchell College. It was Mitchell College. Mitchell. I'm pretty sure. Well, Mitchell College, if you'd like to talk to Easter Seals about supporting your students. No. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, for sure. But I, I mean, I was using them as an example of one that, that they have something set up specifically for it. Most colleges oh, I don't. See. Okay. don't. Yeah, anyway, so. but they, you know, this is probably still a way for you guys to work together. Who the hell knows? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, you want to talk about the Move With, move with Me Event? Sure. So the Move event is really more of a community family event. So we've expanded it over the last few years. So this is one of the things that was kind of born of the pandemic, but we think it was a good thing. So for the month of July, what we encourage people to do is create a team like you would for a walk and people fundraise for Easter Seals, but they move in any way they can. So we realized, you know, walk is, isn't as inclusive as we wanted it to be because not everybody walks. Right. So uh, you can move, you can do our accessible martial arts class, you can dance, you can do exercise however you want, but really just move. And then you raise money for Easter Seals. And then at the end of the month, on July 30th, we're going to be at Polar Park for what we're calling our final lap, where everyone can get together. Like I said, it's going to be a family event. We're going to have games. And I think I'm going in a dunk booth is the the most recent thing I heard. But, uh, you know, mess that hair up a little bit. Oh, yeah. My hair. I don't even I don't even put anything in it. But we yeah, we're going to have you have hair. Sorry. (laughs) We're going to have food. We're going to have everything there. We're going to have a good time. And it's going to be on Polar Park on the field. Right on the field. Right on the field. And it is a beautiful park. And then that's going to be our kind of come together event where everybody will just celebrate and and have a really good time. Love it. Go to EasterSealsMA.com for information on all the stuff. Or check the show notes. And we'll have links to this and all the events. Have we forgotten anything? Was there something else you wanted to talk about? No? That's most of it? Okay. Accessible martial arts is back in person, uh, so that's been fun, but yeah. Love that martial arts stuff. Both my kids did that, and I have a memory of Adrian, my son with autism, who, you know, barely paid attention to karate. I mean, he liked, I think he liked putting on the gi. That was what he liked, you know. But he was in a program with other special needs kids, and they had a competition. Now, if there's someone in the building that cares less as to whether or not Adrian wins, it's, it's, uh, Ad- did I say that right? Adrian couldn't care less. He really couldn't care less whether he wins. It was fine. I mean, but as it happened, like there were, <laughs> there was like a tie for the bronze medal. And so, you know, it's a, it's, these are special needs kids. So just give the medal to one or the other or both or neither. I don't care. But they had to do like a playoff, and they and so meanwhile his little brother who's only ten at the time is like dad, 
Adrian could win the bronze medal. And we're all, I'm like, oh, God, I hope he wins. I mean, because I mean, <laughs> otherwise, you know, I'll feel like a terrible parent. He goes up and he repeats it and he wins by a point. And, you know, he I think he knew he won. He had a little smile on his face. He really doesn't care. But his brother was beside himself. So, uh, <laughs> although, I mean, so many like cool moments there. So anyway. Good stuff. And speaking of good stuff, we're going to play the segment known as Good Stuff in one moment. Right after I remind you what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network, pod617.com is where you go if you want your own show. We can produce it right here in our Westwood Mass studios or anywhere around the globe. We'll send you out a quality USB microphone to get you started. Pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network in Pod We Trust. And I'll mention that uh, some of the shows that we are very proud of are right there on the website, including if you're a music nostalgia fan, Throw us a bone and listen to my and my buddy Milt's uh, podcast. It's called Past Tens. And for that show, you can go to timemachinepod.com. Timemachinepod.com. If you like 80s music. Paul, you like 80s music? I do. Okay. I do. Right. Bon Jovi? All of okay. it. Okay. Good. So uh, timemachinepod.com. Throw us a, a bone and check that out. It's actually very funny. We put a lot of uh, work into that show for some reason. Let's play good stuff right now. Oh, that's the good stuff. I managed to get the king of Easter Seals to talk about something fun that doesn't have anything to do with Easter Seals. And so tell us what you're going to share with our audience in terms of something that you've, I guess you're sort of binging now with something cool, but yeah, tell us. Yeah. So, so I recently finished the book series, The Expanse, which is a, a sci-fi book series. It's nine books. There's a bunch of short stories also that kind of enhance the books. And then my wife and I are now watching the show, which is on Amazon. It started on sci-fi. Now it's over on Amazon. Six seasons. I'm a big... Six seasons. Yeah, I'm yeah. a big world-building guy. So I like to get into things that have a, a guaranteed to have more than one season. But six seasons. We're on season three so far. It's just if you like sci-fi... And there's like so, there's a lot of drama in mm -hmm. there. Probably more than action, which is funny because it's sci-fi. But it's, it's, it's a good show. I'm going to play a little bit of the trailer. This is... For someone like me who's never seen the show, this would be apropos. It's the trailer for season one of The Expanse. I hope there's some dialogue and not just like rocket ship sound effects, but we'll see. Can I ask you something? Do you miss Earth? These endless blue skies. Free air everywhere. And open water all the way to the horizon. When you spend your whole life living under a dome, even the idea of an ocean... Is almost impossible to imagine. They are an entire culture working together to turn a lifeless rock into a garden. We had a garden and we paved it. Someday, things gonna change. Earth and Mars. All right, well, I, I'm definitely, my interest is definitely peaked. <laughs> Here's my question. Yeah. It, you know, there's sci-fi and there's sci-fi. Like, I, I was a huge Star Wars guy, still am, I mean, to some degree. It's gotten a little crazy. But with the supernatural stuff, as long as there are rules that we can play by, like, I remember one of the Star Trek movies ended with, like, one dude, like, taking form of the body of this female alien or something, and it was like, I was like, well, what, like, why are you allowed to do that? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, if, it's, I, if it's completely made up. You know, so is it, and, and also the other thing is I don't want it to be too complex, like the 
some of the freaking comic book movies have gotten like like oh you remember that guy he was the son of the goddess from the movie like three years ago and I'm no I don't freaking remember that all right so now tell me why it's not like that well, I can't I can't <laughs> okay so well no now one thing I am I am a big you know Star Wars nerd and okay. I love all that stuff yeah. and one of my big things I always say you can make any rule. Right. But you better stick to the rules. Okay, yeah, so, so you agree with me. I yeah. totally agree with you. Yeah. So that's one of the things I used to, I, I hate The Walking Dead. My wife and I used to watch that show, and then I started hating it because I said they just change the rules every other episode. So and, that, it's funny you say that because that was the uh, the show I was going to bring up as an example of, it, there's nothing better when you get into a show and then you realize there are five more seasons. Like, right. oh, this is great. <laughs> you know, anytime you want to take a break and watch 20 minutes, you, you continue on. And, and But The Walking Dead was that for me. But I admit that somehow my interest waned in the last few seasons. But what rules do they break? I don't remember. Right. Who well, we stuck around for yeah. a long time. But I would just get, you know, one one time the zombies are fast and they're slow. No, and then, they, you know, then someone gets right. bit and it's fine. And the, 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 you know, I don't know. I'm probably oh, exaggerating. Yeah. But I felt no, like... You know that they just kept changing the rules about why things happen. So I'm I'm with you on that. You gotta any fantastical thing is fine as long as those rules stay consistent. So right. this this show is is good about that, but it is complex. I will say it's complex. It's very politically oh intriguing. Well, that's good though because that that has nothing to do with the crazy supernatural stuff like a, no char- the characters, good characters, good storytelling. This is all about the character development, and I I. There is an alien component involved with this show, and I always laugh that they kind of downplay the alien component for the character development and political stuff. Oh, okay. But, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, yeah it's, it's funny how usually it, it comes down to something that's not supernatural. In other words, Game of Thrones was like, were you a fan of Game of Thrones? I was. Yeah, I me too. books too. Yeah. Oh, you did the books too. See, oh, you really are a nerd. Takes one to know one. But, yeah. but that show was like, for the first several episodes, it's like... Well, we don't know when this takes place, but it seems like some timeless time. But it's definitely medieval-ish. And there are no, you know, ogres and there's no, like, you know, people casting magical spells. But then all of a sudden you <laughs> see a dragon. There's a hint that maybe there's a dragon coming. And, but they, I thought they brought that on slowly enough so it wasn't a shock. One show, which this one kind of reminds me of, that's just recent releases, Raised by Wolves. Are you familiar with that show? I didn't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's a similar premise or not, but it's definitely sci-fi. And it, it's, some of the characters are androids and, and some are humans. But and I was with it through one season, and then let's just say it got weird. Like like <laughs> oh, I didn't know she could fly and shoot lasers out of her head. Like if she if she and then you're like if she could do that, why didn't she do it in episode three yeah. when she could have saved that kid's life? You know, then you start playing that game. Well, that's why I don't like when they introduce time travel. Yeah, once you introduce time travel, you say, well, now anything can happen. I know that <laughs> that disappoints me about time travel because I want time travel to be possible. Yeah. But but. If you follow me here, I think it can't be possible because if it were possible, some dude would have come back now from, you know, you know, 2047. What are we going to call the years when we get into the 24s? 2457, whatever. (laughs) So, yeah, Marty McFly is not getting in that DeLorean anytime soon. All right, we got to move on here. So we'll move on to my suggestion. Just saw this. This is a documentary series called The Devil You Know about, well, let me play the trailer and I think you'll get a flavor for what it's about. People knew of a guy, John Lawson, who named himself Pazuzu. He became a quote-unquote Satanist. He had followers. 
the misfits, the outcasts. He tried to have orgies and manipulate people into having sex. People would come to Pazuzu's house because there was no rules. There was always black metal blaring at ear-shattering volumes. Police today looking for the bodies of two local men believed to be missing. Dude, your house smells like death. Oh, yeah, it's just the bodies in the basement. We got a possible serial killer. We executed a search warrant. They didn't find anything. The investigation's still not over. Nothing could prepare you for what you saw inside Pazuzu's house. So it's called The Devil You Know. It's on Hulu, but it's produced by Vice. I think it's Vice TV or Vice something. Vice. Every documentary I've ever seen that Vice TV has produced has been just outstanding. I hate that. Are you into documentaries at all, Paul? Uh, nah, not really. No, you're <laughs> thinking, okay, it's fine. You don't have to be into everything. If there was a documentary about aliens, maybe? No. So, you know, the the, the signs of, of a slipshod documentary are when they use too many reenactments or or they have a narrator that talks like this and says, but what happened next was something the people of Winston-Salem could never have predicted. And just kind of overtelling the story, like just tell the story. It happens this is just a, a good story and very scary, as you could tell, we start by learning there's this guy that exists around uh, circa, I think, 2015 or so is when the story picks up. And he apparently has just gone off the deep end. He was a young man who had a troubled childhood, didn't really fit in, got picked on, and just kind of you know went dark and got tattoos all over his face and turned his home into this kind of urine-soaked hellhole where he would blare music. And then there are these rumors that he likes to animals and that he might sacrifice a, a person. And so uh, I won't ruin it for you because it gets more interesting. But the, what, what the documentary does very nicely is it tells more than one story. And so one of the voices you heard there was a journalist who, in it's Winston-Salem, North Carolina. He's got this blog that's, I guess, popular news blog. And he becomes a character in the story. And it turns out he has a son that's kind of troubled as well. One of the people they interview as a witness who has been in this crazy guy Pazuzu's house, turns out he's an addict. And uh, this isn't a spoiler because it's in the first episode, but he and his girlfriend are addicts. And in the documentary, like in the pretty much the first scene, they're shooting up and kind of talking as they they do it. And it's like, whoa, okay, we're going there. And then... You, 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 and they're they're trying to get clean, but they're struggling. And you actually sympathize with most people in it, despite what, whatever their role may be. And even and it even raises some questions about mental health and whether someone could have gotten help for this this kid Pazuzu, who eh, it doesn't end well for him. But it's it's definitely worth watching. It's five episodes on Hulu. If you ever get done with that uh, space shit, uh, Paul, maybe you'll <laughs> check that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Viceland. Viceland? Vice, Vice TV? Whatever it is. Anyway. Well, don't forget to go to EasterSealsMass.com and check out all the stuff. Check the show notes of this episode and uh, do some good. And I hope you had a good time, Paul, on your return visit to the Boston Podcast. Had a great time. Next time you come, you'll tell us about more stuff because I know you got more stuff going on. And uh, you're welcome back anytime. And next time, I promise I'll get more sleep and I'll be more coherent. <laughs> Thank you. you. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Thank you all for listening. If you want your own podcast, go to pod617.com to get started. 
on behalf of my good fun, my good friend, who is fun, Paul Materos, and everyone at Easter Seals, Massachusetts. My name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be. You must be the other guy. <laughs> Hit the wrong button. I gotta get out of here. I gotta get to sleep. Have a great day, everybody. Oh, yeah.